I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. (sighs) Alrighty, well, we already had our usual therapy session. We did. We've talked about how tired we both are. I'm so tired today. I know. Like, geez, I, I feel like I've got a lot of stuff happening. This always happens. It's like... I'll have months and months and months of relative peace and ease, and then it'll be like, oh, everything that you have to do needs to happen in two weeks. You what know? is what is peace like? What is that I like? Mean, I I just want to ask, like the cosmos, the fates, whoever is deciding my life right now. Like, if you could just give me a break, like a little bit of slack on the stressors that you're piling on to me, that would be great Mm-mm, it's 2020 baby oh, like it's just just when you think like i can't possibly handle one more thing to stress out about one more thing gets added to that list and then yep. another thing gets added before the end of the day yeah it's just it's absurd to me like i am you know i'm in kind of a transitional phase right now of you know kind of leaving my job and looking for another and you know you were kind of talking about that a little bit as well of being in a transitional phase which is just it's put me it puts me in a weird headspace of not really feeling present oh for sure yeah because you're living in the future you're living and trying to figure out what's going to happen yeah Um, which can cause anxiety like real anxiety yeah and it's hard because like you know I'm leaving a job that has been really detrimental to my my mental health especially during the pandemic which is a really positive thing yet I have a lot of anxiety into moving into like a next part of my life as well and especially the money because like money is always tight and then when you make a move you're like okay I gotta make this change 
fast. Like, you know, I got to make this happen. So luckily, everything seems to work out for me in the end. But it, yep, it, always land on my feet. That's always know, what I say. I'm, I'm like a cat. I land on my feet. But I just would like a bit. I would like a little bit of peace. Like, that sounds nice. I can't remember what that feels like to just... Oh, take a deep breath and not feel like I have to like do a million things or I'm behind on a million things. And it's just like, oh, well, I mean, unfortunately, part of being an adult, part of being a working adult, neither one of us were born into like obscene wealth. OK, so like part I know of I being, want I keep waiting for that rich uncle to just like come out of the woodwork and be like, I got you, Maddie. Don't worry about it. It would be it. nice. I feel deep in my soul that I was meant to have money, but <laughs> alas here we are but um you know just part of being a working adult is like there is always stuff to do I mean so when I say even that like I was feeling moments of peace I mean it's relative peace it's not like there's always something to do you know but it's at least like manageable for me that's that's right that's the key it's like and I I love being busy I love having things to do I love especially like I just don't like being stagnant I like doing little things at home and having busy work and things like that so for me that's that's fine you know <laughs> well let's jump into the news stories would you like I, to go first or would you like me to go first today I'm gonna go first because okay. I'm mad oh all right well great welcome <laughs> um okay so I do think I'm getting my period which could be part of my um anger feelings as well but I have had it up to here I'm putting my hand above my head up to mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. With y'all not taking this pandemic seriously. How many times have I talked about it on this podcast, Keegan, or posted about it on Instagram? I mean, many times. So many times. times. So many freaking times. Yet, do I see any changes, any changes on social media or out and about? I do not. So, once again, I am going to talk about the pandemic. And this time, I am talking about it because I am especially mad because my mom got it. And that pisses me off. Oh, so she got the test back. She got the test back on Monday. Mm -hmm. She tested positive. Thank goddess she is having mild symptoms and she is okay. She had a fever over the weekend. Uh, She's taken, you know, over-the-counter medication, which has really helped. And she says she feels like she's got, like, a bad cold. But what pisses me off is that my mom getting sick could have been prevented by people having a little bit more common courtesy and brains. Uh, the circumstances behind it is really upsetting to me. I'm not going to go into it because it has to do with my family and I love them. So it's kind of complicated. But my thing that I am most frustrated with right now is that I am still seeing so many people gathering. And the thing that is so dangerous about this is that there's this peer pressure element involved because you don't want to disappoint your loved ones you want to be in part of these momentous events and you don't want to feel like you're missing out on anything and also there's these people that are like well I don't want COVID to stop me from living my life you know there's there's all of these different things but the reason that I really really want to bring this up again today is because we are going into we're in our fall COVID surge right now and we are going into winter and it is getting so much worse oh it's really bad we got notifications uh, did you get that one on your phone as well uh, yeah I think everybody um, in California did because our our in mayor Los Angeles pissed yeah, yeah in, in, in Los Angeles uh there was a LA city notification that came up the same way that like an amber alert would come up automatically on your I phone thought, I just thought it was an amber alert because it was the same sound 
Right. But it's it wasn't. It was a, hey, um, cases are really, really bad in Los Angeles right now. Everybody just be aware of that. Be careful. You know, if you're going out, wear a mask, social distance, yeah. make sure you're washing your hands. I mean, there is absolutely there's a lot of factors involved here. Right. And I understand the mentality. I, I totally do of feeling like you had a year of your life stolen from you. Right. Like I understand that. Um, I understand that feeling and and feeling like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I get the, I get, I get that impulse. Um, Unfortunately though, this virus, while it may have a, you know, fairly high survival rate, it's still killing people. It's killing people. And we don't know the long-term effects Eggs, that was exactly recover. That's exactly what I was going to say. So that was the big thing for me now knowing that my mom has had mild symptoms. My big thing has been looking into what the potential long term effects could be and, you know, really getting into it, not to a point where I'm freaking myself out or anything like that. I've, I've been surprisingly calm. I was not calm when my mom was in the environment or I thought she was going to get sick. I was much more calm once she contacted me and I knew what was going on. But that was the thing that I was the most concerned about was wanting to look back and see what potentially harmful things could happen. And you know, a lot of things have to do with like the scarring in your lungs. But there's also, you know, kidney damage and a couple of other organ damage and there's well, things with white blood cell counts everybody completely differently like you right. know and you just don't know how that's going to manifest later on well no um, and my mom is already a 69 and a half year old woman sorry to you know put your age out on the show but like she's not a spring chicken anymore luckily my mom is so healthy and she hikes and she eats well and like she doesn't look or act her age at all so I think that helped her a lot. But, you know, to me, the thing that's scary is I've got one parent. I want to hold on to her for as long as I can. And not knowing what the future could look like is is scary to me. And that's the thing is like when you're being invited to these things or when you're planning these things, it's not just you and the people that you're inviting that are being affected. There are so many people that are affected by this virus by association with their loved ones. And we don't know the long-term effects. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I also want to say, like, people, I understand, I get it completely because I felt that peer pressure myself and it's been very difficult um, to deal with that. But try to be strong with those things. If you are uncomfortable in a situation or you feel in your heart that you know it isn't safe, you have every right to say no. Yeah. Um, oh, and set I have, those boundaries. I have a reputation from everybody that I know. Everybody has told me that I am the strictest on the pandemic, which is totally fine. I get the, I hear it jeeringly most of the time, but I'm fine with it. I don't care. I don't care if I have to make myself uncomfortable for one year. I've kind of given myself a pass in a way where it's like, you know what? It's okay if Christmas isn't perfect and Thanksgiving isn't how it should be. It's like, just take a breather and take this year for what it is and go with the flow. Make a new tradition this year. I don't know. It's not like that kind of part of it isn't. I've I've accepted that part of it a little bit that I'm going to be missing out on certain things. And I think that I, w- I wish other people would just kind of accept that like if we were to hold on for a little bit longer this year, we're going to have so many more years in the future to have with our friends and family. 
Well, I was going to close with this since it is kind of positive news, but since we are already on the subject of uh, the coronavirus, I would like to say that a COVID vaccine has been announced by Pfizer slash BioNTech. Um, there was an analysis that actually says that this vaccine is 90% effective in protecting people from transmission of the virus in global trials. Wow. Um, yeah, so the vaccine performed much better than most experts had hoped for. So this trial will continue into December, but they're working to process an emergency license application um, as quickly as possible. So that's it's it's incredibly good news. And they're saying that um, it could mean that we will have some sense of normality by spring, which is not at all what they were saying. Wild. Is that the same vaccine that was being I read uh, an article or part of an article today about uh, Bill Gates donating I a bunch of know. money to one. I don't. I don't. It think would so say in the article if it if it was. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think so because Pfizer has come out and actually said <laughs> it's actually kind of funny um, that they have not taken any money from anyone. And oh, okay. What, what prompted them to come out and say that is because. Vice President Mike Pence crawled out of his hole mm. um, because he has not been Where saying you been? anything post-election, really. Been so hiding with his, mother. Yeah, yeah. He broke his post-election silence by tweeting, you know, they the Trump administration had this Operation Warp Speed program yeah. um, to try and create a vaccine before the election. And so with the timing of this, a lot of Republicans were saying, you intentionally waited because you knew it would make Trump look too good, whatever, whatever. So Mike Pence tweeted, huge news. Thanks to the public-private partnership forged by President at real Donald Trump at Pfizer announced its coronavirus vaccine trial is effective, preventing infection in 90% of its volunteers. But then Pfizer clapped back real fast and they said... We were never part of the warp speed. <laughs> we never, we have never taken any money from the U.S. government or from anyone. Oh my god! They were like, they were like, stop trying to to take credit for this. You guys were not involved at all. In fact, I think it was a bunch of people from different countries, um, uh, scientists from different countries who got together to do this. It w- yeah, it's was not, not like a U.S. sanctioned. Yeah. I wish Mike Pence had as much animation in his voice as you just did in reading his tweets, because I don't think I've ever heard him have as much personality as he does in a tweet. He definitely has more personality in his tweets because huge news and effective were both in all caps. That emphasis was his. For real. Um, It's very strange. But um, the manufacturing for this vaccine is underway and it will be left up to countries to decide how they prioritize the vaccination. So in the UK, uh, there's a joint committee on vaccination and immunization and they've recommended that, um, assuming that the vaccines work well in elderly people that the first vaccines go to care home workers and residents followed by anybody over the age of 80 and other health and social care workers and then after that people are expected to get them in decreasing age order so starting with the oldest and moving down that's awesome because yeah and it's like the numbers the numbers are striking right now like within the daily numbers right now are about mm-hmm. 1900 deaths per day in the US which well, is we just insane cracked, I got a notice from the New York Times it was or no 150,000 150,000 
Was it cases? I wrote it somewhere in my notes. I don't see it now. Here, I have it right here. U.S. reported over 150,000 new coronavirus cases today. So we're yep. recording this on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and this comes just a week after the country first reported 100,000 cases in a day. So it's it's yeah. escalating at a, at a rapid speed. One thing that I find shocking is that there are states that are like just now pushing mask mandates. Uh, Iowa, Utah, and Ohio are finally pushing some of their citizens to wear masks out and about. I believe it was, oh, there was also uh, South Dakota in Sioux Falls. They were saying that they didn't need a mask mandate because Fargo had one and they, it didn't seem to be helping them much. So like, why should we be cool. wearing masks? Anecdotal evidence that's right. not scientific in nature. Exactly. Wonderful. But like, here's the thing. So if we have a vaccine coming in the spring, can we all just like have an agreement that we are going to hibernate? We're going to hunker down and hibernate in the winter. And then in the spring, when there's a vaccine, then we can come out. I hate to burst right? your bubble, Madigan, but with the with, with the holidays, with the holidays, there's not a chance in hell. Like, hell will freeze over first before people don't go and see their families for the holidays. It's like, well, and that's the thing. It's like, my mom and my uncle were going to come here, and my mom is going to be driving, and she has to do she has to do the drive in two days. She can't. I can do it in one day, but it's like sixteen hours. It's, it's way insane. too long. Yeah. It's way too long for her. And if things are surging even worse during the holidays because everyone's traveling, like I don't want her stopping and doing that stuff. But I also haven't seen my mom in a year. And like it's just frustrating. It's, it's a difficult situation to be in. It's but, so hard. Um, I do want to say that so far there are no safety concerns with this vaccine. That so was my next trial, question. There have been no serious side effects reported wow. as of yet. So it is all very, very promising. I hope um, that things continue to look as promising. I really hope this new expedited um, expedited timeline is what we are looking at because I remember hearing Fauci say that life wouldn't return to normal until 2021 and that we wouldn't all be vaccinated until the fall of next year. And I was like, I will lose my mind, <laughs> you know? So, it's so weird. You know, everybody keeps talking about the new normal and I it doesn't as, feel normal to me it still doesn't oh it feels totally normal to me although I think I would revert back to the old normal pretty easily except for like I think the only thing that's going to be weird is being like close to people like having people touch me again I think it's going to be weird I'll, although I really miss it I think actually hugging someone I'm going to be like is this okay oh as my god I'm so like <laughs> things are back like really back and safe and we're all vaccinated and things are open and we're back yeah. to normal. I I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, the number of times I said no to hanging out with people just because I was tired. Mm-hmm. My God, I I'm regretting that now. I'm like, God, think about how many more experiences with other humans you could have had, you know? Oh, shit. See, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've experienced like, I don't know. I've I, we're going so off tangent. Sorry, listeners. But I feel like I've had some really amazing self-discovery of just like alone time during this where I still don't think that if somebody were to call me at 1030 and ask me to go to a bar, I still think I would have to turn them down. Well, no, I still need notice. You still have to give me notice. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be because I'm not a big go out person. Oh, I am. I'm a big go out. person. I know you are. And that's why you were really, really struggling in the beginning of this. And part of me was just kind of like, I'm okay with being home and not seeing people. I mean, that's it's helped me a lot with also I feel like 
setting boundaries and growing. I don't know. It's it's been a very big changing year and I found I sound so cliché when I say that, but it's true. No, it has been. I think it has been for everybody, you know. I just don't feel like I want to change. Yeah, I just don't want to spend time with people or go places or do things that I don't genuinely want to do. And I think those perspectives have become clearer to me. So I think that's kind of what I was trying to get at. It was just a very Mm -hmm. roundabout way of me getting there. Yeah, no, I get it. Oh, Um, man. Okay, well, I want to talk about this one thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else? I I was I had something else to talk about. But what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, look, not that I want to keep bringing his name up, but I do think it's important to follow this story because it is actually a huge issue for us as Americans. So Trump is, of course, still refusing to concede to Biden. And not only is he refusing to concede, but going along with that, he is also blocking Biden's team from transitioning. That was actually what I had my notes on. Yes. How how Biden is. It is. I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of cool what they're doing with kind of getting in with the people that had recently left, like some of the senior staff officials they're trying to kind of get in with to at least learn about what's been going on. But what's really frustrating is that, you know, every president is supposed to kind of assist the new president in getting into his role and catching him up to speed and everything. And that's something that Biden is not going to be getting from him. Beyond that, I mean, there are agencies that the the government needs to open up to the president-elect to brief the president-elect on security issues, Mm -hmm. kind of like things that are going on. Some of like the international stuff. Right. right? In order to keep the American people safe. Like it's it's a big deal. And so this chaotic like transition period, they're fearing that it could undermine national security in a really real way. So he blocked government officials from cooperating with Biden's team. And then on top of that, the Attorney General William Barr has authorized mm-hmm. the Justice Department to probe um, unsubstantiated allegations of voter fraud, which again, I don't care what Twitter is telling you, there are no substantiated no. Well, widespread and- voter fraud no. issues. No, and if you even, like, I was reading something today where experts on voter fraud even say that it is very, very rare, and even when it does happen, it's like a small number. Like, Keegan, I sent you that video of that woman, you know, mm-hmm. bragging and joking about how she knows voter fraud is real, because I've done it, you know? And, like, yeah, typically she voted it's, twice for Trump. Right, it's typically, it's those small things like that. It's not, like, large right. election-changing numbers, you know? In an election like this, where you have, you know, 150 million people casting votes, there are going to be isolated incidents of fraud. Like, yeah. that is true. But nowhere near on the scale that could tip this election in Trump's favor. It is not possible with these numbers. Um, it, it just isn't. And they've actually been looking into it. And there is no substantiated claims um, of any widespread voter fraud. No. And that's what makes this so scary because you have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo standing up there being asked, the Secretary of State is being asked, are you going to help facilitate a peaceful transition of power? Uh-huh. And he said... And I quote, there will be a smooth transition to a second Trump administration. They are undermining our democracy in a very, very scary way. They are. And, you know, and that's something that I was Googling a bit today. I don't really have any notes on it, but I was reading a lot of things that were saying that there's no way that Trump's going to get away with this. 
No. I mean, the, you know, unless he's attempting to throw a coup. Yeah. Which I really don't think um, he will be able to get away with that. However, it, he is actively, obviously, ousting people within his administration who do not agree with him or are right. not 100% who have criticized his handling of this right. election. He is throwing them out, which is scary because it makes it look like he is stacking up people who are loyal to him and only people who are loyal to him. He is. Um, so if he wanted to try something, it would make it easier. It's not going to work. Uh, no, know, there's not there. I mean, and also the thing that is good about Biden is just his connections of the people that just genuinely like him. And the guy's been in politics and in government forever. So I think there's enough people that would come to, you know, the aid of ensuring that he gets in there but also there's gotta be i mean i am really looking forward to january like the week of january 20th and just seeing how this goes down like are are we literally gonna have to pick him up kicking and screaming i I, want it to be i hope they do i want it to be like a hannibal lecter situation where they, they have to like strap him to the um What's that called? The the board, the gurney the, thing. Yeah, the like, but it's like the dolly. The, the dolly. They like strap him to the dolly and then like put him in like a straight jacket and then like the face mask thing, <laughs> face mask, and like close his mouth shut. I mean, they're gonna have to do something because I this man is a classic narcissist. And again, it's so fucking embarrassing. Like that's such a huge part of it for me. Is like if I was a Republican, I'm not going to because I'm not wanting to start any shit with any of my family members. Right. But man, do I low key want to be like, how are you feeling about this? Dude, because this is so like same. Same. Ridiculous. Do you remember me telling you that my cousin, my second cousin, had texted me during the twenty sixteen election after Trump won saying, Make America great again? Do you remember me telling you about that? Oh, you did. And so I texted him when Biden was elected. And I can't remember what I said exactly, but I basically was was like, would it be too cruel for me to, you know, congratulate you on the winning of Biden since you did for me for Trump four years ago? And apparently he was on like a, a golfing trip and didn't have his phone on him. And I was like, oh, God, I just like totally fucked up my relationship with him. And he just said he fucked up his relationship with you. Oh, no, he totally did. But I just did. But I still didn't want him to be like, because I was genuinely just trying to like make a joke. Like I wasn't trying to start shit. I just thought it was funny because he I think he probably didn't even mean to send it to me. It was a Snapchat. So I was just kind of trying to like poke fun at the guy. And so he got back to me a few days later and he was like, oh, sorry, I was gone and like laughed at what I said and sent a a laugh. Okay. I know. I don't. I honestly wanted to message him before the election and ask if his feelings have changed i i really i haven't had a a meaningful discussion with this guy in a very very long time like he's an adult now i didn't know him really since he was a kid uh but i wonder i hope that some of my family within the last four years has at least changed a little bit maybe i hope maybe i mean with with the numbers that we saw on election night it doesn't look like it i know i mean not I don't know. I don't know. know. Like, it's it's hard to tell. Um, but <sighs> I do want to just say this one last thing, mm-hmm. especially since it's a little sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about on Monday. Um, that th- here's part of the reason why it's important that Trump or Trump, that Biden be allowed to transition and have all of the information. Yeah. There was an official report on September 11th, 2001. After the terrorist attacks, there was an official report that warned that the shortened transition period 
contributed <gasps> to the lack of preparedness for how that was handled and everything that went down on September 11th because there was a shortened transition period um, after the 2000 election. Oh my gosh, election you're because right. It, it took so long to that get somebody into office. That didn't come up in my notes at all and I am so excited to talk to you about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so my just, gosh. Just something to think about, you know, and it's, it's even to such a degree at this moment that a lot of GOP senators and Republicans even yeah. are saying, you know what, you need to let him have this information, including Lindsey Graham, who's a fucking snake. I know. And who has been sitting there, you know, saying that the president doesn't need to concede and that, you know, he amplified all these baseless claims about voter fraud. Even right. he was saying, yeah, I think he should get the information. Yeah. So like if we're in if we're in the situation where clearly Biden is going to be our next president, you it is your responsibility to make sure that he is prepared for that role. It just duh. You know, right. if you give a shit about the American uh, people, like doesn't. that's the thing. And he doesn't. And that should upset all of you. Yeah. You know, it should upset you that he's not prioritizing your safety because his ego is such, you know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, lock him up. Lock him up. Lock oh, you know what? I almost <laughs> talked about the things that the things he could be facing at the end of this. Oh, CNN wrote an article. It's real. Oh, I Keegan, I have a feeling we're going to have plenty of time to talk about oh, I'm some sure of that we will. stuff. I hope we will. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode. Uh, if you have anything that you would like for us to talk about, go ahead and message us through our email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist and follow us there. We have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. The thing that we love oh so much is when we get wonderful reviews from you all. So go ahead and hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. And then go over to the Facebook business page and do the same. And then go to the group page and chat with all the listeners. It's got to be super fun. Also, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. All right. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.